Hello, everyone. I'm Alex Sakaguchi, and you're listening to the Voice of Veritas podcast, where we dig into the truth and information. We're here at Veritas Vision. It's a bit loud outside, but I'm joined today uh, by two distinguished guests. One of our uh, key product managers, Mr. Ralph Wynn. Say hello, hello Ralph. Hello, hello. And Ian Wood, uh, customer advocate and solution sales in our EMEA region. Hello, the one with the strange UK accent. Hello. This accent's so much better than mine. Yeah, it's, it's well, actually, we learned something about that today. I won't repeat it on the podcast Let's air, not but do we that. did hear <laughs> yeah, something about uh, accents. And anyway, so let's. Uh, we're talking about some pretty in- important stuff. You guys, I'm, I'm, assu- I'm assuming you both attended the, uh, the keynote this morning? Yeah. Yes, very, very good keynote, actually. Good. Yeah, I think it was well received. We heard, heard a lot of uh, positive feedback. Um, but a couple of things that I think stood out, we got some questions, uh, some analyst feedback. I just got out of a bunch of analyst meetings, uh, specific around the ideas of uh, disaster recovery, particularly in a cloud environment. So I'm, I'm bringing you folks on. Uh, Ralph, you're an expert, subject matter expert in this area from the product side. Ian, you get to spend your day all day with customers hearing about what their challenges are. So why don't we, why don't we start with a question? Like, what is it about the cloud and disaster recovery that have customers so interested? Ralph, let's maybe start with you. It's, it's really about the, the always uh, access to, to the cloud. So customers can really you know, utilize the target of a cloud instance such as AWS or Azure when that uh, instance occurs where something went down. So being able to know that they don't have to worry about procuring anything, it's just immediately they need it, it's up and running and they can use it without them having to say, hey, I have a failover site, I need to make some phone calls, you know, other things and steps that can actually get into the way of a recovery. The cloud's always there, it's always on, so they don't have to worry about making any calls or hoping that their recovery process will actually work. So you're talking about mostly like a, uh, like a secondary DR site, yes. which may be a physical location somewhere today, mm-hmm. and essentially replacing that. Customers are interested in replacing that with the cloud. Most, most definitely. We, in my session, actually, we had a couple of customers that actually walked through that scenario. They're like, you know, we're looking at the cloud because we're, we're actually starting to spin down some data centers, and just the sheer fact that you can spin up a, a EC2 instance on the fly it's rather easy for them to do that. They're just looking for that automation factor, and that's why they were in our session to really understand what we're doing here at Veritas. So that's all well and great. I get it. Coming from a, from a product manager, right? You're developing solutions that will actually help orchestrate that, right? So that's great. But Ian, yeah. you meet with customers. You get to hear it directly from the customer's mouth on the challenges that they're facing. So you know, just within the scope of our topic, like what are you hearing about DR and how does the cloud fit into that? Yeah, I think what Ralph mentions, just to circle back, is a really good point. I think disaster recovery, firstly, for all the customers I speak to, is a well-known, well-understood discipline, right? Mm-hmm. It's not something brand new, something they've done for years. The, the, the big shift in that dynamic is that organizations are looking to do two things. One, they're looking to reduce the cost of disaster recovery. They cannot afford all this physical data center space that costs them a fortune in the event of a failure scenario. So cloud computing, in theory, is the perfect opportunity because it's all about getting compute power when you need it. Now, the difference here in disaster recovery scenarios is getting the compute power in the event of a disaster. It's a perfect scenario. So they're looking to reduce the cost. That's the first thing in disaster recovery. 
The second thing is the application landscape, which has always been tricky. Mm -hmm. um, in other words, your applications aren't just a simple server or, or bit of storage and some application sitting there. Right. It's multi-tier. It's got loads of different dependencies. It's getting worse. Right. If you look at the new next generation applications, which is keeping a lot of customers awake at night, is they are architected hideously complicated. Right, so you, you, you think of it that way, um, it's really important to put together a brand new uh, paradigm shift in disaster recovery that copes with these new workloads and then leveraging the cloud and get reliability. There's nothing worse than spending a fortune on disaster recovery solution that just doesn't work. So those are the key things that when I speak to customers they're looking at. That's, uh, that's interesting. I heard a stat today in one of the analyst meetings um, who said that in the past when it was a physical data center, they would maybe, and I emphasize maybe, like if they were going to test at all, right? Right. When they did test, it was not more than once or twice a year. Oh, most oh, definitely. Yeah. But with the cloud, right, in some certain scenarios, they're able to, or they're interested in, testing failover to the cloud uh, every five weeks, right? So I think there is a, there's an element of agility that gives them, now mind you, the, the, the analyst also said that's a subset of their environments. Um, I think, you know, Ralph, you're coming from the technology side. One of the interesting things that we're doing with, uh, with some of the Veritas technology uh, is giving them the abil ability to test that failover mm -hmm. before they actually move production. And the way I understand it is that, um, you know, one, that means that I can see how it's going to work, ensure that it is going to work before I actually move the actual you know, live application, production application over to the cloud. But secondly, I can kind of assess like what the cost factors will be even when I'm spinning that up. Because maybe this migration or this failover is not meant to be temporary, right? right. We don't, don't we certainly have customers that are looking at the cloud not as a temporary DR target, but more as a permanent migration strategy? Oh, most definitely. And so me being from the South, I'm going to use this term that most of our Southern folks understand. Everyone's going whole hog on the cloud. We actually had a couple customers that said that they're adopting a cloud first. So all new workloads, instead of being in the data center, will actually go to the cloud. That's a really good point. I've met customers and uh, some are all in, right? And then the conversation is about how fast can I get there? But some are more cautious, and I think that's geographic yes, from my experience. So depending on, on where you live or also in terms of your industry, you're looking at cloud in slightly different ways. However, there is an underlying theme that cloud is there today, and, and it's only going to get uh, a conversation of how much faster can we get to the cloud. Right. So to me, I think it's more of a scale of, the, of those that are all in versus those that are looking at it for different use cases. So we just had, we had in the same, I think it was the same analyst conversation, um, on, on BCDR today and how cloud fits into that. One of the other points that was made was, um, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to, uh, you know, leverage the cloud as a replacement uh, for a DR center or DR target today, a standby data center, that there are, uh, there's much more than just moving data. There's all the applications and the interdependencies. I think Ian, you mentioned that as well. So how does our technology, right? Ralph, you mentioned orchestration and, and the automation that's associated. How does our technology enable that, not just with the ability to move, but removing some of the complexity that's typically there in a failover or a DR scenario, whether you're talking about cloud or you're talking about another standby data center, there is an element of complexity there and I think customers recognize that. What is Veritas doing to alleviate some of 
the complexity involved? Oh, that's actually a good question. And it's actually not really solved all by software. It's actually so services with software because you still have that human element where you need to give some advice about, you know, what, what the, or to ask the right questions of the customers about their infrastructure, help them plan. And then from there, you use the software to be customized to their recovery plan, and then that's how they get to a true way of, of getting into the cloud more effectively. So it's a software plus a service uh, engagement, basically. So services, that's interesting. I think, I get your point, right? Services is maybe a necessary component. Mm -hmm. But most customers, Ian, wouldn't you say look at Veritas as a technology company, not necessarily a services company? What, what is the balance, the right balance you think we need to strike uh, with customers when it comes to you know, not just the technology, but also the services that might be necessary for that technology. Yeah, I think, I mean, we would see Veritas known for being a technology vendor, so delivering software, as, as Ralph said, but I absolutely love what Ralph said. This is my experience is that the engagement that we get involved with customers actually starts right in the early stages of classifying those applications because organizations don't want one size fits all approach to disaster recovery for all applications. That's just not sensible. Each application will have its own level of SLA, there's interdependencies. And so it's all about that mapping exercise, which is a really a services is, engagement to is. understand. Um, I mean, I had a customer that actually wanted an engagement from us to simply say, I don't know what applications I have. <laughs> I literally need a mapping exercise to sit down and highlight all the applications, then work with the lines of business to understand their, their uh, recovery time and point mm -hmm. objectives, and then put the technology in, which, as, as Ralph definitely would say, is fantastic because they can wrap around the, the application, orchestrate it, understand the inter interdependencies, but you've got to set the right um, recovery time and point objectives in essence, and um, so it is very much services. I would agree with Ralph. So that's, that's an interesting point. I, I know we're, um, we're short on time, but I did want to ask one other question before we sort of wrap here. We've talked about cloud is a great replacement for some standby data centers. They're still all much more than just data. There's application interdependencies and other networking and other things that you have to be uh, aware of when you're looking at failing over uh, to, uh, to a cloud in particular. There's, we talked about some of the uh, reasons why you'd want to be able to rehearse or test that, those types of failover. But I think we've talked mostly about cloud and we use the singular cloud, <laughs> right? What happens or what additional things you know, come into play, maybe from a cost or complexity standpoint, when you're talking about multiple clouds? There's some research that we saw this morning that on average, enterprises have at least three different infrastructure as a service providers that they're using in their environment. So can you touch on that real quick and then we'll wrap. Sure, real quick, you have not only just the way storage is managed, so at the storage layer, you have uh, access differences, you have uh, services offerings that are totally different, and so for, from our perspective, we have to be able to make that as simple as possible, so understand the differences and the nuances, display that to the customer in a way that they can understand how does that data need to move or that resource need to move, and then in the background, obfuscate all that and do all the hard, heavy lifting in the background. Yeah. I think the point I'll add on the multi-cloud, if I asked a customer a question two years ago, what is their uncloud strategy? It'll be a very confused look right. at us. What do you mean uncloud? Now we're starting to get a lot more customers really savvy. I had a customer about three weeks ago literally saying, you know, I want to move from cloud provider A to cloud provider B. Can you help me with that? Um, and you know, that, that's really becoming more topical around moving workloads around different cloud providers. Right. So, so there's definitely um, picking up. I mean, something that, that um, one customer said to me, hopefully not overly offensive, he said, you know what, Ian, it's easier 
to go through a divorce than to get rid of my cloud provider. <laughs> so they're looking. Okay, I'm gonna they're looking, use that from now on. They're looking at ways and means of you know really unclouding. So right. so and and that's where this whole orchestration piece can really pop in to move the workload when needed away from the cloud to some other cloud provider or back on premise. So I think just a point of clarification because we don't want to re leave the wrong impression with the with the listenership here. Uh, Veritas is not about. Uh, anti-cloud no, or not like not you know all. against no, cloud we, in fact we love the cloud we, right we exactly it. we're facilitating acceleration into the cloud yes. right so um but there but there is a unique angle that veritas is taking when it when, when, and i think this is what you're referring to ian when you say uncloud but the multi-cloud world necessitates uh or maybe expects is a better word the mobility of your applications and your data between multiple different cloud platforms and providers and that's something that I know, you know Veritas is uh, dedicated to providing. So what, what, what's the technology? What is the product that a, uh, that a customer should go onto our veritas.com website and look up when they're interested in learning more about resiliency and DR in the cloud, especially the multi-cloud? It, it would definitely be uh, on the veritas.com, do uh, Veritas resiliency platform. That would be the technology that they really want to invest in and look to, to help achieve that goal. Resiliency platform, um, and that's actually one of, the, one of the key pieces of 360 data management. It integrates with our data protection platform, which Correct. is NetBackup. Uh, so lots of great things there. I know we're out of time. So I want to thank you, Ralph and Ian, for joining us today. For our audience, uh, you can learn more about Veritas Resiliency Platform. There's actually a trial that we have of that product. Uh, if you could go to V, as in Veritas, rt.as slash VRP trial. And that'll be a direct link. You don't have to remember exactly what I said. It'll be a link in the podcast as well. Thank you, Ralph. Thank, Thank you, you, Ian, for Thank joining you. me. That's it for today's Voice of Veritas podcast episode. Thanks so much for listening and enjoy the rest of Vision.